Hello everyone, this is Karin Takar and welcome to the Zenergy Podcast. Over the past decade, India has done an impressive job of integrating renewable energy into its energy mix. For this Fulbright podcast series, I sought to investigate the enabling factors and potential of India's global leadership in renewable energy with the focus on solar. This Fulbright series is broken down into four seasons. In this season, through conversations with 10 leading social entrepreneurs and development experts, we will illustrate how renewable energy in India has taken off at the rural level. Not only will the series provide insight into their fascinating entrepreneurial journey, but also how they've been able to overcome the financing, consumer awareness, and distribution challenges associated with rural solar energy deployment at a large scale. In this episode, I will be speaking with Tushar Devidyal of Devidyal Solar, which provides innovative cooling solutions to the last mile. Tushar was the former CEO of Devidyal Chemicals, which ultimately was sold for billions of dollars in 2012. In this episode, we will explore Tushar's journey and his motivations behind wanting to launch a solar company after having had such a successful career in the corporate space. Hope you enjoy this conversation with Tashar David Dial. So from my research, somebody told me to ask you about the time rats got stuck in the solar freezer as you were attempting to make it the flagship product. Can you please tell us about this? Yeah, sure. Our main customer for the solar refrigerator when we started off was rural small businesses, retailers who were selling milk and dairy products. So as you know, in India, mithai, which is a milk-based sweet, is, is very common and people love it. But then we realized that little mice and rats also loved it equally. So we, we started getting consumer complaints that, oh, you know what, your fridge isn't working, you know, why don't you come in and check the solar panel and and the battery and the refrigerator. And when our sales engineer used to show up on the site, we realized that, look, we opened it up and we see all the wires chewed through by rats and, um, and mice. And that happened not just once, but then two, three and four times. And then our technology innovation team, if you want to call it that, we we started working on making it rat-proof and mice-proof and uh, working on wire meshes on the bottom and side of our refrigerator, which now are a standard offering. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is this is something that only can be figured out like once you actually implement a product how could you think of something like that prior to actually experimenting yeah absolutely so so i think that that that's part of the fun of 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 this i mean there, there's a lot of trials and tribulations but but i think the fun part is this kind of fringe innovation that happens once the products in the field and you realize that you need something and you need to improve on something and it, and it makes a big difference. It makes a lot of sense. And for people listening, can you tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, where you went to college and your early hobbies slash passions? 
I'm a Bombay boy. <laughs> I was born in in Bombay, and I went to school here as well. Right after high school, I went to college in Saint Paul, Minnesota, in the U.S. And you know, I was a major in economics. Got out of there and wanted to be a banker. Went to New York City. Uh, worked in investment banking at Bear Stearns and Merrill Lynch. And you know, I was I was I was I was happy doing what I was until uh, I realized that you know I needed to come back to India, have a look at at how businesses were run here. And I joined my family business in 2001. It was a crop chemical business, and that led me to that got me traveling. All over India, all over Africa, and the Middle East and Southeast Asia, because we were largely a manufacturer exporter. So I got a lot of experience in in in, in rural markets all over the world, and especially agri input markets and agriculture and seasonality of of economies. That business was quite successful, and I sold it to a Japanese multinational in 2011. I continued on as the India CEO for a few years. That's when I had a bit of a midlife crisis. Decided that I needed to do something else. That was the year 2014. One one of the things I really wanted to do with my life is get an MBA. So I ended up applying to London Business School, and I spent the better part of two years getting that MBA degree. Nice. And then what led you to the wonderful world of solar energy and When did you know you wanted to commit to this field? While I was there in London, at London Business School, is when I realized that London Business School had a, a really great social enterprise incubation program, and there were a lot of social enterprises that sprung out of London Business School, including a lot of the solar off-grid energy companies that you see today. So. Uh, just to give you an example, I think that Simpa Energy, Dharma Life, M Copa, some of the other names that you see are all run by London Business School alums as their CEOs or their managing directors. So that was a good start for me to kind of get get acclimatized to what a social enterprise was. And in my mind, before that, there was an NGO and there was a company. There was a for-profit company. There was nothing in between. And I was very pleasantly surprised to find that. You know that there was a social enterprise with, with yeah, you could be a for-profit or a for-low-profit company with a social goal to to create societal and environmental impact, and you would you know reutilize any surplus that was generated to put back into the company to do more of the good thing. So this this I I, I know this concept's not new. Uh, the concept was new for me. It was, it was, and that's what I was pleasantly surprised by. And once I got that down, I was like, I was, there was no turning back. I decided that that's exactly what I wanted to do. Solar and solar lanterns kind of came a little bit further along in that MBA when I was interacting with people. A lot of my classmates were from uh, Nigeria and other parts mm-hmm. of Africa. And uh, we started exploring that together, and ultimately we went our separate ways. But that's that's what drove me into the off-grid solar energy business. I also asked Tashar's wife, Jen, who's kind enough to take some time out and ask her her take on how it all started and what led Tashar to start a business in solar. Let's see what she has to say. Well, um, mm-hmm. He's an entrepreneur at heart, and mm-hmm. just the way he is. 
Um, and you know, and he he kind of got inspired that that you know there are ways to help people, um, you know, improve lives of people while making money. And he kind of thought that solar would be a good way to do that. And so he kind of started. This is actually kind of funny. He uh, he didn't really tell me his idea. He just kind of was like, yeah, like I want to kind of figure out solar a little bit. So he started ordering all these lanterns off of Amazon. And um, I, you know, I take the kids to the U.S. every summer. And while I was there, he was ordering all of these solar lanterns to the house over there and wanted me to bring them back. And I'd come home and there were these just lanterns all over our, our balcony. And, and I was like, okay, what do we do? Because he wasn't really explaining it to me. Okay, well, you know, better than like, I guess in his life crisis is like wanting to buy a bunch of cars or whatever, you know, buy expensive things. He was, you know, wanting to buy some lanterns, that's cool. And um, eventually he just kind of, you know, started, you know, realized like looked at manufacturers, went to China, and, and got into this business. And and it's, it's funny looking back on that, you know, just like the how it started out testing our company. Yeah, from that to now. <laughs> A company. Yeah, it seems like the power cuts have drastically reduced, like pretty, pretty well across India. Do you find this yeah. to be the case? Uh, current is seasonal, so what happens now is that in the summertime you'll 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 have a lot more power cuts, primarily because um, so North India relies on hydro. So all the hydropower kind of, like, you know, the rivers kind of run dry and all that. So you'll have, you'll have North India kind of facing a lot more power cuts in April and May, uh, right until June when, when it starts raining again. It'll be the same in Maharashtra. But overall, if you say, yeah, the, the, the power situation has improved a lot in the last five years. And where it hasn't improved, I think there's, there's, there's a, there's a decent amount of rooftop solar that's that's come into place, and that's also that's also a function of what the government did with the off-grid Sobhagya scheme. So they 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 touched like some half million households with uh, off-grid solar. That's pretty impressive. Can you talk a little bit about so how has your business evolved over time, meaning from the time you founded it to today, and especially from a product standpoint? Right. So I think, look, we started off as a solar lamp and light company. So we were, uh, we initially designed, developed, and started selling solar lanterns, uh, solar home systems. And we quickly realized that as, as, as India was getting electrified, people wanted more. They were going to larger systems. So this was out of the range of, say, what the lamps and lanterns could provide. So people were going with 300 watt or 500 watt on their rooftops and they were charging large batteries and inverters. And uh, we realized that, look, we, we, need, to, we need to be there uh, waiting for the consumer on the next step of the energy ladder. So what we started doing is working on developing efficient appliances like a BLDC fan and a solar off-grid refrigerator. We were really early in this. So we, we came in, I think, before almost anyone in India with a solar off-grid refrigerator. So the product range has basically moved over the last four and a half, five years from lighting to cooling. So why is cooling important? If we give a if we give a micro entrepreneur a cooling solution, 
they either get more time to negotiate a better price for their product or they can store it and sell it in in smaller lots so we believe cooling is very empowering and uh, cold chain is very very relevant selco foundation had done a study that was published in march 2019 the sample size was not very big it was 75 off grid refrigerators and uh, as were prominently featured over there and they determined that the incremental monthly income from owning an off-grid refrigerator for productive use was in the range of 7 to 10,000 rupees a month. That's the data we have currently. Wow. So what what's all involved in this product exactly? So it's a battery system, then the a- actual refrigerator itself, and then what a solar type system that helps generate the energy needed for the refrigerator to run are those the three primary components right so 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 those are the three primary components and then we have um a smart charge controller which is kind of like the brains of the operation so the battery goes plugs into the charge controller the refrigerator plugs into the charge controller and the solar panel plugs into the charge controller and then the charge controller kind of you know uses the solar energy to either divert it to the battery to charge it and then the battery sends the 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 energy to the solar refrigerator to 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 make sure that the compressor is running when it needs to so um yeah those are the essentially the three components the battery refrigerator and the panels and then we have the the smart hub or the charge controller to to run the whole thing and Mr. Mishra, the director of marketing, also known as the marketing guru of David the All Solar, showed me the product, talked to me about its costs, and how they reach customers. Here's what he had to say. This is 100 liter capacity uh, freezer. And what is the cost of this freezer? To the consumer, this is 40,000. And how do the consumers usually pay for this product? Do they pay up front the 40000 Or do they usually get financing from the banks? Both, both ways. Like cash and financing up from the bank. What channels do you use to market to these rural customers? Uh, we are approaching and our vendor networks. Various district level, district level, same level, and black level. We are supplying to our industry water, supplying to the dealers and dealers giving our What's the primary challenge in convincing customers? Is it the awareness? Is it the financing? Is it just like even getting to them? You don't know where they're located? Or what have you found to be the primary challenges? And also, what are some of the solutions that you've come up with to address these challenges? Yeah, I think, look, there's, there's, you've identified most of them. We start with consumer awareness. A lot of people don't even know what a solar refrigerator is, how it can change their life, how how productive use appliance can increase their income. So there's that to start with. Once you get to a consumer or a small business owner who, who wants this installed, we, we come back to the upfront capital expense and financing, which is a big, which is a big bottleneck. And I think the third one is maintenance and repairability. So 
We've addressed all three partly. I think the first one on the consumer awareness side, because we're a Lighting Asia associate and we have a certified product when it comes to our off-grid refrigerator, we're doing a big campaign that's coming up next month in in the month of April, May and June and that's going to be running in UP and in Rajasthan where our solar refrigerator is going to be mounted on what's called a Suryodai band which is essentially a band with solar panels on a stop and uh, our solar refrigerator uh, inside and we're going to be taking that to as many uh, rural towns and villages as we can to build consumer awareness and let people know what the return on investment is by for for a small retailer or small business purchasing this for productive use. Um, we've also um, tied up with one financer who's who's willing to offer financing at least in the state of Rajasthan for our refrigerator, but we need to reach out to a lot more microfinance institutions so that we can cover at least what we perceive to be critical markets. And lastly, when it comes to maintenance and serviceability, we'd like to sell in clusters because, you know, we Starting back, I, I think this 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 interview is going to go back to to rats eventually. But uh, mm-hmm. let's talk about the, mm-hmm. the rat cage. You know, we get calls all the time from consumers who have, who have installed a refrigerator, saying that hey, you know, we've got an error message on on the charge controller. The fridge is not working, and then eventually we find out that it's a wiring problem, or perhaps you know it can be something that's that's easily solved on the phone or with the WhatsApp video. But 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 I think that as we grow, service maintenance training will will develop into a big bigger area of concern that that we need to address right now before we scale up. So with regards to the financing, and you mentioned how you have gotten a Rajasthan microfinance institution to help in that area specifically. So can you talk a little bit about how that process happened? In terms of, like, how did you get them to agree? All right. So that was, again, uh, the IFC Lighting Asia India team. That was Anjali, you know, Anjali Garg and Praveen Kumar. They, they assisted with making that linkage, which was critical because, again, you know, just like you have consumer awareness and you're educating consumers, you have to do the same level, the same, the same discussion with financiers. They have to understand your product. They have to have confidence on the company, on you, on the product. They have to see your certifications and your testing. They want to know what your warranty period is. So if your warranty period is 12 months, obviously they won't give a loan for 24 months. I think it was a very slow and painful process, but we, the, the financier we have that we're working with is called AU Bank. AU Bank's a small commercial bank now in Rajasthan with headquarters in Jaipur. And uh, yeah, so that 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 linkage came out of our uh, association with the IFC Lighting Asia India team. The idea is eventually to package our product in such a way that we have uh, microfinance institutions on board with us. So wherever we sell, we have a financing plan in place. Where they will essentially finance the upfront cost, and then the customer will pay the financing institution in installments over time. That's right. So the receivables would not be us. The receivables would be the finance institutions. Probably the last, maybe the last of two two questions. 
So I've also learned that you come from a family of entrepreneurs. Can you talk a little bit about how this has shaped your ambitions today? Yeah, I think that... So, so the, I, I, I think when I, when I first got a job in, in banking in, in New York... I think I was an anomaly in our family. So we've, we've, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. We've all been business owners. My dad, his dad before him, my mom's family. We've all, all been entrepreneurs, small business owners, some of them large business owners, um, and believed in creating value, uh, providing employment, that kind of thing. So um, has it influenced me? Uh, yes. I, I kind of like the freedom it affords. I like being able to to you know steer where I'm going. I I I I, 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 I basically I think it comes down to the freedom that that, mm-hmm. that the lifestyle affords. And you know I've had so I started off as working working in a large corporate, then for my own family business then running my own family business. And then when we sold it to a Japanese multinational, I you know, went back to becoming a, becoming a paid professional for some time and then came back. And, and so I've had, I've had like a start, stop, start, stop. And, and, I, and I realized that this is the way for us. This is the way for me, being an entrepreneur. So what would you say his motivations are today versus actually how they were maybe when you guys left New York and came to Mumbai? I mean, he, he really wants to help people, um, and he also wants to, to make a successful business. Um, so, so both of those are really what drives him, and he wants to, wants to show our kids, you know, you don't have to go and work for someone, that, that you can start that something, and, and it, it takes, takes courage to do that, it's a risk, but it, it, sometimes these risks are, are worth it, and it takes a lot of hard work. And, and effort and support but that it can be done. And what would you say drives you today? What drives me? I, uh, well, look, I wake up in the morning pretty excited about the business. I wake up uh, thinking that, you know, today's going to be a good day. Today's going to be the day. I mean, obviously sales are important, but um, I get really excited about, about, about projects where like completing a project, doing something where after installation, you know, you look, you, you talk to a consumer or a small business and, and they say, look, Tushar, this is really working. You know, I, I made this much money the last month just selling stuff that was cold out of your refrigerator. I think, I think it's just stuff like that. It's the feedback that we get from, from consumers, the impact we're making. We try and document as much as it, uh, much of it as possible. We've got a wall full of photos of, you know, of con- happy consumers. I think that's, that, that's what really drives us. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And do check out the show notes for more information on my guest. See you next time.